This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We're going to talk... All about Ian Foster, an exclusive interview he's given to Gregor Paul at the New Zealand Herald, where he's essentially publicly protested the way his employers are going about their hiring situation. And you said it last hour, well, that he's just sick of it. He's clearly fed up. Yeah, he's yeah, he's sort of... What, I, what I've read into that, Louis, is he's taken his own destiny in his own hands. You know what I mean? So he knows where he sits. He's decided to come out and go, well... You know, it's not panning out how I would like it to pan out. And if this decision is going to be made with any input from me, then I'm going to let people know my own thoughts. And I look, I take my hat off to the man for actually um, jumping on the front foot because there's one problem down at the NZR at the moment, and that's getting on the front foot when it comes to the media. Now you've got the coach going directly to the media to do an interview. Yeah, it's... it's it's pretty concerning for New Zealand rugby because it tells me that he's tried to have these conversations behind closed doors and it hasn't worked, so he's gone to the New Zealand Herald, which is going to make a splash. Here's a quote for you, Kempe. For the last couple of months, I have been watching the discussion about the All Blacks coaching process play out publicly. The job that I currently hold, and I have currently been backed to the, by the board through to the World Cup, and I have sat back and looked at a whole lot of views that have been put out there. Some have been frustrating to hear, and a particular frustration is that there seems to be a focus on setting timetables based on what some preferred candidates feel is the right for them versus pre- potentially what is right for the All Blacks team. Now, that is a direct uh, sub... He is essentially subtexting Scott Robertson there. 100%. And to be fair to, to raise it, he played his game, Fozzie's now playing his game, and New Zealand rugby's letting all this happen, and it's messy. It's, it is so messy. It is so messy, I'm waiting for a reaction. But it is so quiet down the hallway that we'll probably be waiting a long time. You know what I mean? You know when you say, when we said in the, in the first hour, the horse is bolted? Like, it is bolting. The, the media horse is bolting. Now you've got your head coach going directly to the media, the, the the question has to be, what's next? Well, if I'm New Zealand rugby, and this all this does for me is it speeds up the process to announce the next coach, to be honest, because, <laughs> like, what well, you can't be, like, New Zealand rugby can't be, now, now Ian Foster's now put a gun to their head. Because if they don't come out and announce the next coach in April, well, then they've they've bent to Ian Foster and they've you know and his demands. So, 
you know, he's put them in a corner here, essentially, Fozzie. He's put New Zealand rugby in a corner here, and we will know either which way they go with it. And we'll find out. It's a boxing match, and he's just landed him. They're on the canvas at the moment, the NZR, and they're, they're getting up off the canvas, and it's, right, what do I do to, to counterpunch here? Because um, you're dead right. At the moment, he's put the ball fir- firmly and squarely at his own feet, Fozzie, by putting it on the table and saying, rightio, well, what are you going to do? Well, and- saying that, though, yeah, you're right. Saying that, Kempe, I completely disagree with some of the things he said in this article and some of the quotes he's given. Uh, namely, he he makes it very clear this isn't about self-interest. Well, I would tend to disagree, and we can get into that when we read the quotes later. I'm curious to... I want to lob this out for everybody so everybody knows exactly what we're working with here, but it's a, it's an incredible saga. We spoke about that last time, just the way it's the twists and turns. That is- it keeps on giving. The um, that's what I mean. Like with Super Rugby just about to kick off, and then you've got the World Cup at the back end of the year. I listened to a, some some real good um, analytical thinkers yesterday in and around what their thoughts are on the situation, and they're saying if the if the coach's mind is elsewhere, if the player's mind is elsewhere, we go up to the World Cup, we can't win it. They just came out and said it, and I have to tend to agree with what's played out post Christmas with the exodus of players talking about post-World Cup. Like, their mind isn't on the World Cup. Like, we've had more conversation about yeah. post-World Cup than yeah. we have about going to the World Cup. And we're still yeah. having conversation now from the coach about post-World Cup. Like, hang yeah. on, we've got a World Cup to go and win. And that, for me, Kempe, is the hypocrisy about what Ian Foster is saying. He's pretty much said we can't do this now because it's causing a distraction. Well, what have you just done? You've just given the media, you've given us a news cycle for a week. We were going to be able to dine out on this for so long. And uh, look, the text already coming and just shows how poor the CEO of New Zealand rugby is. People will be absolutely climbing into Mark Robinson. Uh, you reckon Gary Stead slipped Fozzie a couple of bucks to take the limelight off our poor performing test cricketers? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do tend to. I, I did have a chat. I did have a chat to my mate last night, Webby, and I said, "Oh, you know, you do become a bit of a conspiracy theorist when you when you're head coach, and you know, whatever you do, just remain who you are, mate. You're so upfront and honest, and don't don't listen to the white noise. It does actually get to to people, doesn't it? You know, when like who are you? Who's calling for you know this action to be taken? Like the you know, that he that Fozzie has to actually come out and say that in the press. Well, look, we've got a text here from JJ Kempe, and we're just having some trouble getting Lauren Jenkins up, so we might as well chat about this now. We'll talk Welsh rugby in a wee bit. But here's a text from JJ. Fozzie's an employee, lads. He doesn't have a say in the recruitment for his job. Recruitment is about finding the best talent and moving the relevant pace to hire the talent. There is a war for great talent. And, look, that would be New Zealand rugby's... Um, reasoning for hiring early. I guess it, the landscape's changed now because there aren't that many jobs for Razor or Jamie Joseph to go for. But I don't actually know what Ian Foster's point is here. One of his massive issues was that it's a headache and it creates jockeying for positions within the support staff, so the assistant coaches. But can be regardless, wouldn't that be happening anyway? Uh. Like you don't you don't sit there not having a, a succession plan or working on a succession plan. You already have to you only have to have a look at what's happening around the world. Australia have already put their their one in place. England have already put their one in place. I wouldn't be surprised if all the other uh, Wales is another one. You know what I mean? So you can't sit there and say, look, we don't want you to talk to anyone. And that's a great 
um, quote by JJ saying the recruitment's not his job. That's right. Coaching to win the World Cup is your job. And if you if you're a really good coach and you go and win the World Cup, the rest of it, that's the final destination comment from Millsy. The final destination is entirely up to you. So I would, you know, basically give some advice and say, stop listening to the white noise and coach the team and win the World Cup because the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, completely agree, Kempe. I think you've just absolutely found the the truth in it all. You're so right. That is all that really should matter. Here's some more quotes. 0800-150-811. Can you believe the coach of the All Blacks has given an exclusive interview to the New Zealand Herald airing dirty laundry about the way that the hiring of his job or the recruitment for his job that he currently holds is going when he is off contract. Can you believe that? It's my simple question. 0800-150-811. Here's a quote. Those conversations are best had after the World Cup when everyone is clear and we have the latest data and we know where the team is at and then the board and everyone can make the decision with all the data on the table. In the meantime, we've got a management team and a coaching group that is fully committed to one goal, which is the World Cup and not tying to trying to position themselves into where they fit in in next year's regime. So he's talking about assistant coaches. But again, Kempe, like I think Jason Ryan, for example, well, he's already jockeying for where he's going to be next year, no matter what. He's, and he's already got, the, he's got a job. Um, so they, don't know, they do know what they will need for next year. And the other side of that is uh, after all of this, it can't just be about a World Cup, right? They can't just hire solely on World Cups. Like, the 60% win rate hasn't been good enough over the last couple of years. Say they make a final for a World Cup or they might overachieve what we're thinking. That doesn't just throw out and disregard everything that we've seen, does it? No, not at all. And, and when, you're, when you're quoting data, like, quite qualify it. Because data, there's so much meaning behind the word data. You know, and if you're... If you're You've got to be really careful in my books of how you use that word because if, you know, you don't qualify the data, then people say, well, just have a look at where you're sitting on the world ranking. Like, let's change the coach. We normally sit number one, but we're not sitting there anywhere near there anymore. You know, that's data. But qualify that, that actual word because if it's about your coaching staff, if it's about players and, and you know, the, the tackling and the offence, if it's about my coaching statistics, like qualify it so people actually know what you mean as opposed to just throwing, well, the board need data. I can, I can guarantee you this. They have got plenty of data. Yeah? Now, I think what Fozzie's trying to say is, and in and around, in and a long way around it, is just leave the conversation alone to post World Cup. That's what he's saying, and make a decision. But I think yes. he needs to listen to that himself. Like, yes, you need to leave that alone too and just coach. Well, that's the, that's the great irony in it all, Kempe. And look, I, I tweeted this. Like, do, do you not realise, Ian Foster, that the speculation will be worse if we don't confirm this coach? Like, every press conference you get, every loss... Every twist and turn in a Rugby World Cup year, after the... Look, the context is done. 2022 is gone. We have built this house of cards of drama around the next coach of the All Blacks. That's done. We can't now gently unpack the house of cards that's building up. We can't deassemble it. That's the context. So if we don't clarify who's coaching the All Blacks, the speculation that you're asking 
to not have will be worse. Every press conference, every week, there'll be rumours on SCNZ. There will be bomb squads off the back fences. There will be segments done about the next coach of the All Blacks. The best thing in... I truly believe this, and I'll, I'll get your take, Kempi. I truly believe the best thing for Ian Foster would be Scott Robertson was named All Blacks coach for next year. Ian Foster can go into this World Cup with absolute clarity, one goal, no need to fight, no need to be um, thinking about what comes next, have one clear target. I actually believe that would be what's best for him. And, and I'm worried that by doing this, he's put himself in a really kind of vulnerable position and his employers aren't going to be happy. No, and look, just a, just a touch on that, Louis. I think he knows, he sees the writing on the wall. That's why he's come out and made the comments. You know what I mean? So that's why I say he's taken, he's grabbed the destiny and put it back in his own hands and put the ball firmly at his feet to say, well, if you're going to do it, get on and get on and do it. You know, so he, he's prophesied what you've just said. Like, Give me, give me clarity that I'm not going to be here next year. Because the, the other part of the conversation that Fozzie's having, for me, is that he actually still wants to coach the All Blacks. Because if you read between the lines, oh, yeah. it, is saying, oh, yeah. it is saying, don't make that judgment until you get the data, that data's going to prove that I should still be the coach. You know what I mean? So, um, and I like that, that the passion is, is there and that he still wants to coach the All Blacks. But the other problem is, like you said, the house has already been built. They got it. They 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 got no other reaction now because it is a reaction. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not proactive. Being proactive, mm-hmm. they've got to come out and, and react to it. They have to. And and don't get me wrong. I actually feel bad for Ian Foster that he's been put in this situation by the organisation. Like it, what you start where you started off. That this is him. This is like a last ditch. This is him saying. You know, this is not being good enough. I have to now, I have to now make my own media moves. I have to play the chess game myself now. That's a really sad place for an All Blacks coach to be, and and it is a sad reflection of how this has all played out. But I, I just can't agree with the way he's, he's gone about it here. I just I can't see how this is a going to be beneficial for him and be beneficial for the team. It's the week of Super Rugby, Kempi, and we're talking about this on Wednesday. It's timing. Yep. It's the whole, like the, I I just keep, sh- you know, shaking shaking my hands up in the air, saying, "Where's the advice coming from down the hallway and the trust in the media manager that these messages are now going bypass them straight to the media?" Like this, like Gregor Paul, when he got a phone call, he would oh. he honestly he, he probably went oh, out cartwheels. He, he probably took the family out for the best dinner <laughs> ever last night. <laughs> You know what I mean? He said, I am a, I am a legend. Gregor Paul's like, I am an absolute legend. I've got the all-black coach phoning me direct to give me an exclusive. And I'm just sitting here going, what's going on down the hall? Who, who's the only the only winner from all of this, Kempi? Gregor Paul. Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Gregor. Good on you, Gregor. Um... It's incredible. This is a, this is an incredible subplot in one of the strangest sagas. It just it just is the gift that keeps on giving. It is the weakest Super Rugby, and the All Blacks head coach has just given an exclusive interview, questioning his employers over their recruitment process of his job. 
It is an incredible scenario. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five zero, eight eleven. Make sure you call us. Uh, we're going to head off. We've got so many texts here, Kempi. We'll get to those after this, and we can live react. This is a brilliant topic. Oh eight hundred, one five zero, eight eleven. The Kennard Tire phone line. Is this beneficial for Ian Foster? Can you see the logic in what he's doing? Do you agree with his points that it's a distraction? Or in itself, is this the biggest distraction? Here with Chemist Warehouse, the house of fragrance, 20 minutes past seven. Well, coming up to seven o'clock, loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Paul Wilcox in the next hour, Kempe, but they're racing at Pukekohe today. Good midweek meeting, and this is the future of the industry, mate. Midweek meeting, maiden races, $200,000 in stakes, $20,000 maiden races. How good's that? Very good. I, I love a maiden race because you're looking at horses are pretty even across the board all chasing that first win, and you've got to take into account more than just the horse to get that to, across the line. So um, I, that's, you know, while you, were, while you were away, what I was doing, I was looking at the maidens and going, well, let's have a look, actually look at how the trainer's going, uh, how the jockeys are going, and then... Uh, pick a horse that they've put that jockey on, for instance, that's going all right to try and get it across the line for the first time. So I think I've picked one today. Um, I'll throw that out when you're ready. I'm, I've got one as well in a maiden race. I, I'd love a crack up if we had either the same horse or at the same race and we're going head to head. What do you have? Well, I I like getting off to a good start, so I'm going race one. And oh, beautiful. I've found... Uh, McNabber on a horse called Heart of Aladdin. And I think, I've had a look at it. I pulled it up this morning. It actually opened at $13, and it's now yep. into 6 bucks. So, um, yeah, someone knows something. I Look, I like how he's going, Nabs at the moment. Do you want to, sorry, Kempi, can I just stop you there? Do you want to know who knows something? Can I read you, can I read you verbatim the tip? Sure. I've got no Boys idea. Boys get paid? Boys get paid, you familiar? Yes, of course I do, yeah. How's this on their Facebook page? I was up north on the weekend. Remember when we went up north and we had a similar occasion in this pub? I was up yeah. north on the weekend for a fishing weekend. I spent a fair bit of time at a bar called the Port House. I was probably about 600 beers deep and I ran into Kenny Ray. In my slightly inebriated state, I asked him to tip something I can put money on. He said, race one at Pukekohe on Wednesday. With no other information than a very dusty memory, I thought I'd st- jump straight into 13s and $4 and see how we go. And boys get paid posted to this and said, this is how plungers start. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously why it's coming to six bucks. I had no idea. But, uh, well, that's good. We're obviously, well, I wasn't talking to um, Kenny Ray. I just thought <laughs> I like the way that Nab's going and he's on a maiden horse and it actually looks all right. I'm, I'm going to back that. Oh, that's, uh, so that's what I like. I think, there we go. Not just me. I'm not the only one backing it. So okay, coming seven, seven points. Uh, heart, of, heart of Aladdin, race one, number seven, Pukekoi. Oh, I love it, Kippy. Uh, I'm going race seven. I'm going to the same philosophy as you. Craig Grills jumps on a horse, Toko Ono, by Satono Aladdin. I'm taking on Arby because Arby is drawn really wide today and the rail's out, so you're going to need to be on the pace. Toko Ono, you're getting $3.80 right now. So there we go, Kimpy. Oh, I've got the same Beautiful. philosophy as you. And I'll tell you, that horse I'm backing in Australia this weekend as well. Up after this, when we talk to Lauren Jenkins, out of Wales, Here's Aroha the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping Building New Zealand.